Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 115 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. Hello! This time, we read Tender Wings of Desire, a Colonel Sanders novella, by Catherine Kovach, uh, written for KFC and Yum! Brands. This was commissioned by Yum! Brands as a 2017 Mother's Day publicity stunt for KFC, and uh, the next ploy in their continued Sexy Sanders marketing scheme. My friend Elisa requested we read this a few years ago, and somehow it has sat in the recommendations pile until now. Uh, so thanks, Elisa, for bringing this to our attention, despite the fact that it took roughly four years for us to read it. <laughs> we um, finally finally dredged this one up. Yeah. <laughs> Covered in gravy under, yeah. and biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully you can forgive us. Uh, thanks again, Elisa. So... If this is your first time listening to The Terrible Book Club, what we do here on the show is we read books that we assume will be bad, and we base this um, on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Sometimes we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend, much like today. Uh, so typically we do the opposite of what most people do when they're in a bookstore or while they're browsing the internet looking for something to read, and usually this experiment results in a disappointing and hilarious time, but you know, once in a while we do actually end up liking the book. Uh, content warnings. In addition to our usual barnyard language, today's episode includes discussion of. I think no, I don't think we Nothing. need any. I, I think, think we're we're safe, Paris. This, this oh, might wow. be one of the first books with no content warnings. Oh damn. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is like, uh, I don't know. If you're scared of marriage and yeah, uh... <laughs> like if you don't like arranged marriages. Um. But that, like that doesn't they don't happen. Even happen. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Never mind. Um. Safe. I declare. <laughs> we're, we're cool here. All right. Um. I guess you've just got to contend with our barnyard language today, and that is all. Yeah. That's it. All right, Chris. Do you want to read the uh, the back of the book summary for this? Sure. This uh, capitalist chicken hellscape. <laughs> sure. <laughs> when Lady Madeline Parker runs away from Parker Manor and a loveless betrothal. She finally feels like she is in control of her life. But what happens when she realizes she can't control how she feels? When she finds herself swept into the arms of Harland, a handsome sailor with a mysterious past, Madeline realizes she must choose between a life of order and a man of passion. Can love overcome lies? What happens in the embrace of destiny on the tender, tender wings, wings of, of desire? desire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you needed a little, little reverb there. Okay, yeah. Um, all right, Chris, you want to tell us a little bit about our characters oh, yeah, and the setting? Fairly uh, small cast here. 
Um, we have Lady Madeline Parker, who is older than 16, but not old enough to really drink or something. Anyway, she's betrothed to the Duke of Sainsbury, Reginald Lewis, which is hilarious to me, considering my bandmate's name is Reggie Lewis. So I just imagine Reggie. Chris's like, bass being... player is uh, is the Duke of Sainsbury. It's <laughs> <So> basically <laughs> all that was happening while we were reading this. Uh, I mean, you know, he is the general manager of a fast food restaurant. Oh, my God. So. Does he have a mysterious past as the Duke of Sainsbury? Did he leave his rich family and <laughs> cross the sea to I start, to, a, to to find start out. a new, to separate himself from the lies and delusion of the upper class? <laughs> I should ask his girlfriend where they met. <laughs> She'll be like, what? Well, we met in a in a bar. It's called it's called the, the Admiral's Arms. Da-da! <laughs> we'll all click together. Okay, so yeah, we got the Duke of Sainsbury, uh, good old Reggie playing bass for Graveborn now, uh, <laughs> after he was not allowed to marry uh, yes. Lady Madeline Parker. Uh, we have Victoria Parker, who is Maddie's sister, who is just, you know, all about being a noble uh, wife. Then we have Dahlia Parker, their mother. Um, you've got Kiva, the bartender of the tavern that Madeline finds herself employed at. Carson, the owner of the tavern, the Admiral's Arms, as we mentioned, Liam, the tavern cook, and Harland Sanders, secret Kentucky colonel slash sailor boy. All right. So uh, we're just going to give a little summary of kind of the basic plot points so you understand what we're talking about when we uh, discuss certain things about the book that we liked or didn't. <clears throat> Madeline Parker is a young noblewoman set to be married to Duke Reginald Lewis whom she has no feelings for. On the eve of their marriage, she runs away from her family home to a small seaside hamlet where she takes a job as a tavern barmaid. At the tavern, she meets Harland, a dashingly handsome sailor who she falls for immediately. Although mildly conflicted, since she originally thought no one could love someone from merely knowing them a short while because of her situation with the Duke, she realizes that her desire to live with Harland is true. A letter is delivered to Harland, which Madeline intercepts care of the cook, Liam, uh, stating that Harlan is to come home to retake his place at the head of his family's restaurant business as <gasps> Colonel Sanders. <gasps> Madeline is initially taken aback by the lie that Harlan was a simple sailor and doubts she wants to return to a noble life, but soon realizes her love for Harlan is what matters more. The two are married and live happily ever after, after eating fried chicken or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> All right. To be clear, there's no fried chicken in this book. There is absolutely no fried chicken in this book, which is somewhat mind-boggling. <laughs> All right. So Chris and I actually, I think, felt very differently about this. Um, let's I... talk about... Let's talk, <laughs> All right, Chris, let's talk about things that were good. Let's follow the fucking script, Chris. Talk about okay, things that fine. were good. All right. Something I really loved about I I I want to say right off the bat I really thought this was fine. <laughs> this was okay. I this also was, thought it was great actually for what it is. It's it's totally great. Yeah, I, I honestly don't get why people were shitting on it all over the internet. Like I yeah, remember when it, it first came out, everyone was like, "Oh, a fucking stupid romance book that Chicken Place put out." And I was like, "Yeah, how could this possibly?" And I was like, "Yeah, how could this possibly be good?" Right? But it's fine. But it's fine. It's honestly <laughs> fine. There's like um, almost nothing about the chicken stuff in here, which is probably maybe that's why people were upset or something. Yeah. But like, they were like, I wanted to see two people fucking in chicken grease. I wanted biscuits I mopping up. Come like, who knows what people were looking for here? You know, it was a Mother's Day stunt. You're like, oh, oh man. Oh, dude. I you read don't want to be stuck with the one cleaning up the cum biscuits. Uh, after. 
So I read that this was a Mother's Day stunt because apparently Mother's Day is KFC's biggest day of the year. That is (laughs) horrifyingly sad. Isn't it sad? I mean... Did you know that Christmas in Japan, you have to get KFC? It's like a tradition there. No, I didn't know that. No, it's like a thing. Like, well, Christmas in Japan, it's not just KFC, but like it's a it's a big thing to get KFC for hmm. Christmas in Japan. Well, in America, it's Mother's Day. And the whole idea is because people want to provide a meal that, of course, you know, the mother of the homestead does not have to cook on her one day off a year she is allowed. <laughs> so... They buy fried chicken, apparently, uh, which, you know, I guess if that's your jam, that's fine. And, you know, hey, you look, if, if that's what a mom wants for Mother's Day, fucking go for it. Yeah. But it is a little weird if that's the default and it's not what she requested. Seems it's like that might be the case. to me that that's KFC's biggest day. I don't know. I would have thought like... The Super uh, Bowl? Sure. Maybe is what my guess would have been. Uh, but anyway, their whole idea was... Since everyone's getting a meal so mom can relax, why not also give her a romance book to read to think about how her life could be so much better if she wasn't here with this fucking family, which is kind of how this book reads. (laughs) If only I had met a dashingly handsome chicken magnate. Yeah. Well, hey, I got to say, there were a lot of things that were good about this novella. I would agree. Um, The dialogue is very realistic. And it's even funny sometimes. There's a point at the beginning where Madeline is talking to her sister and Maddie's saying like, oh man, I you know, just don't want to get married. Uh, why do women have to be betrothed this early? Like we've barely lived our lives. We haven't gone anywhere. And they're taught and you know, her sister's like, oh, but you're getting, bet- you're betrothed to the Duke. And Maddie's like, he looks like a vanilla biscuit. And that actually got a real fucking laugh out of me. I was yeah. like, Dude, that is a killer. In- that's a killer, like mild insult that totally just got me. Fucking um, bodied that dude. I just personally, I really, I found myself easily identifying with the main character. You know, Maddie is struggling right at the beginning with pretty things and how she's not good at embroidery. And, uh, you know, she really just wants to, to read and kind of see the world. And she doesn't want to marry a man she doesn't know. And she doesn't want to get married so young. Um, and these, these are just a couple of quotes. This is Maddie talking to her sister, Victoria. We are so very young. What is the point of finding a husband and settling down and, God forbid, having a baby when there are so many things in this world that we have yet to see? So many things in this world worth seeing. Uh, And then later she's talking about how she's only met the Duke a handful of times and they've gone on chaperoned walks. And Maddie says, what's a walk? Madeline said stubbornly. How could he love me from a walk? You know, kind of puzzling over why he would propose to her when they've barely talked. (laughs) Paris, how many times have we gone over this in many other romance novels and books where we're like, why... I don't understand where these people are falling in love from. And this is one of the first characters where she's like, I what the I don't have anything to go by. Yeah, and I just I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm getting a refreshing <laughs> a refreshing, mildly feminist critique from a fucking KFC book. Like, yeah. what is happening here? This is strange. Um, but yeah, I found I found the main character easy to identify with. Um, honestly. The technical writing is good. Sentences are sound. There's no typos or grammatical errors. I mean, sure, it's not going to like, it's not going to win an award or anything, but the writing's fine. It's totally readable. It's very, um, 
it's readable in like a pulpy way, you know, which is what it's supposed to be. So it does, you know, does what it says on the tin, right? It's supposed to be a pulpy novella that's accompanying your chicken meal. <laughs> so I, it's amazing. Um, I think it's pretty cool that the main character is following her heart and mind and abandoning a sham marriage. You know, um, I think the pacing was great. The author is able to explain everything you need to know in a concise way. Pacing is X. This is so such good pacing. So well paced. Like, I mean, listeners, if you've heard if you've heard me talk before on the show, you know I like my shit fucking concise. I like my points coming at me right away. I like tight writing. And this fucking chicken book <laughs> did it. Did a great it's, job. It's paced so well, it's almost scientifically calculated. Like the 13 herbs and spices bursting with finger looking good flavor in any KFC meal. Chris, did, did the yum get to you too? They got you, Chris. Just eat the chicken, Paris. No! It's good. It's finger looking good. You liked mm. the book. Maybe you like the chicken. Oh my God. It's part of their plan. It's part of their plan to convince us vegetarians and vegans. They're like read this kind of weird feminist novella come over to the crunchy side the crispy side <laughs> sink your teeth into some real meat you fucking vegetarian <laughs> um, okay let's keep going with what we like paris but i have a minor quibble with a word you keep saying okay okay well we can get to that when we go to the next section but um sure i think you know it takes a, it makes a really, a really minuscule attempt to tackle class divisions, which I think is fine considering this may be only 20 pages long. I mean, we <laughs> we read it in a an EPUB document, but I feel like each chapter was two pages and there were nine chapters in the epilogue, let's say 10 chapters. So yeah, I think this may have been 20 to 25 pages. So it's very short. It is. I do take issue with the fact that this is called a book. It is a short story. I, I don't even think I would call this a novella because it's probably 25 pages. I would say it's probably more like 60 based on like my reading speed. I, I would say. Really? Because it didn't yeah. feel that. Anyway, not important right now. It's short and to the point. It gets you in and out yeah. just doing what has to happen for a, a book of, of what this is. It kind of It's like very self-aware as to what it is. I yes, feel like it is You're just and... in and out like. <laughs> Like, like a like good a, romance should be. Yeah. Um, That's all I want from a good romance is some good in and out. Well, Wait. <laughs> That's the well, other restaurant. Oh. Shit. Oh, oh God. We're all tangled up. Triple in, joke there. Do you like that uh, layer? <laughs> triple. Is this, the, is this the triple down? Yeah. <laughs> I've um, sandwiched a double entendre with a reference to another fast food restaurant. And then drizzled another entendre on top of that. <laughs> You'll have a literary heart attack in two pages. Um, <laughs> you know, I gotta say, for such a short, a short story, we actually we learn things about characters through their interactions and their discussions, rather than being told who and what they are. We learn who they are by by the author showing us. Good lord, I kind of want to make all these authors whose books we don't like read this fucking how chicken this, book. How is this fucking chicken book outclassing uh, I, so many other books, Paris? Dude, I don't know. Um, I, you know, even, uh, like, the sex scenes are all fade to black. We we only get mention of them kissing. I mean, yeah, like, but do you really want to read about the cum biscuits? <laughs> no, no, this is a good thing. We yeah, know, I know, that's what, know what I'm saying. saying. Is like, yeah. I, they knew what they were doing here. I, I feel like... 
it has very mature and sort of modern ideas about, you know, it's okay for a woman to like take the lead in a sexual encounter and it's okay to have, you know, a one night stand if you're mature about it. Um, I'll just read some quotes. Uh, during the paragraph where Madeline is, is thinking that perhaps Harlan actually wasn't in love with her and maybe they just had a a dalliance for a couple of days and she kind of comes to terms with that. And she, and it says she, you know, it's okay. She was a woman who had embraced an attraction to a beautiful man and now was free to go on with her life. I made my own choice. I respect my own choice. It's okay. Kiva. I took a lover. I wasn't taken. I was just like, wow, what? Like, <laughs> are you getting this, like, very normalized views on, on sexuality and women in a fucking yeah. KFC romance novel? Yes, what? it was nice. It was very nice. And, and I, I mean, I know this stuff feels really kind of low bar, but I mean, I just was not expecting to have anything good to say about this. So really nice to have all these these surprises. Um I, I do think it's pretty funny that it, this book, I I liked um, this. I liked some things about it because it kind of feels, I know I've said it feels a little feminist and, and Chris has a, has a, uh, a <clears throat> chicken bone to pick with me yeah. on that one. <laughs> um, but I really feel like most romance novels don't, don't take that approach. So it was kind of nice to to read this although i was thinking like if you give this book to someone on mother's day and it's like don't don't marry someone unless you love them run away from shitty arranged marriages do you not like your life fucking leave it like what the hell is going on there's some weird subliminal messaging yeah and i just think it's i i don't know i just i was just in my mind's eye seeing a bunch of moms on couches eating a bucket of fried chicken reading this and going Yeah, that's right, Maddie. You know fuck, you know fuck, you know fuck this, Todd. I'm fucking out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm taking the kids. What? I got you KFC in a royal book. What's what's wrong? It's all you've ever gotten me, Todd. <laughs> Done. That's what I well, saw kids, happening in my mind. It's cum biscuits for everyone tonight. Oh, any, anyway, <laughs> this is sub- subversive. I wasn't really ready for a subversive fucking corporate chicken book. So I was just really pleasantly surprised. It had okay. a lot of well, good points. I, I guess I'll pick the chicken bone here and now, Paris, before we like <laughs> okay. do some other of the stuff that I liked about it. But like, yes, very modern ideas, feminist takes on things. But it's still very, aside from the one night stand thing, which I will admit is not something that falls into this category that I'm about to talk about. Like the oh I I arrange marriages shouldn't be a thing. That's like even the chudliest Chad out there <laughs> in the most red state thing ever. It, it, like they agree with that too. This is very surface level femi- feminism. The kind of Chris, thing I I don't agree with you. I think there are a lot of men out there who believe that if they like a woman, she should marry them, even if she's not that into it. Well. There might be men that want that, but they understand that that's not that's not like true freedom and that they shouldn't voice that opinion out loud if they secretly want that. Mm. It's the same style of feminism as people who think racism isn't a problem because we the Ku Klux Klan isn't super active out there anymore. Right. Like, oh, we don't have arranged marriages anymore. Therefore, what are y'all complaining about? 
And I'm not saying that that's what this book is saying. Mm. Not at all. I'm just saying that, like, if we're calling it feminist, it's mostly a very surface level feminism. Yeah. I mean, again, this felt like all of 25 pages. I know you're saying it was maybe 60, but you're talking about a handful of pages here. And I guess I was just impressed with the fact that they did any of that. Yeah, I will say the, the you know, Madeline taking the lead and then also thinking to herself, like, it's, you know what, honestly, I had this dalliance maybe, and, like, that that's cool and good, and I can move on with my life after that. Now, that is some truly good feminism right yeah. there. So and I will yeah, give the point there. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you that this isn't, like, some brown-breaking work or anything, but um, more than we've seen from a lot of other heroines and books we've read. Looking at Fair. you, fucking Twilight series. Fair. You know, looking at you, uh, I think I'm just thinking of Midnight Sins because it's like Midnight Sun, although that's a lost episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, God, almost any book we've had where there's been, you know, a, a woman in love, it, you almost never get stuff like this, and it's one of our major complaints. So I think that's why it just stuck out to me as particularly good because I was like, damn, this is a fucking... You know, some big-ass corporation hired this ghostwriter to write this, and I hope they paid... I hope they paid her well. Uh, Miss... Knocked it out of the park, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, Catherine Kovac. Kovac? Kovac? Shoot, I'm not Could sure. Could be how. either. Could be either. Yeah. Anyway, Catherine, my dude, good fucking job. Quality you, stuff here. You got that corporate money, and you made something self-aware and pretty okay <laughs> for, yeah, for, a like, market, for a marketing publicity stunt. This impressed me for what it was supposed work. to be. It really did. So, like, fucking good work, man. I hope I hope you get Finger other jobs. Finger-licking good, if I say so. Uh, that has implications for romance novels, Chris. No, but also, like, you know, like, old people lick the, the finger to turn the page. Oh, it's so gross. I hate when people do that. Uh, you're probably going to start doing it eventually. Oh, no. Well, no, because we'll be reading on our tablets anyway, so you're not just going to lick your finger to swipe the screen to spread your spit all over. Uh, anyhow, oh, one last little thing I, I thought was good, that something I've actually complained about in other books, where you have a name introduced in a book that's not phonetic. So, you know, you look at it and you're like, how the fuck do I pronounce that? And this author did a pretty good job of solving that problem. Uh, I'll read the section. <clears throat> The woman nodded. The name's Kiva, and please do not ask me to spell it because it's, it's nothing like it sounds. It is not K-E-E-V-A, Madeline asked, already feeling the grin come to her face. Kiva rooted under the bar and pulled out a white linen apron, passing it to Madeline. <laughs> not even close. Now put that on and act like you work here. Carson will be none the wiser, and welcome to town. And Kiva is spelled C-A-O-I-M-H-E, as you can see, as, a, as an, you know... An English reader in the Western world, that might be a little difficult to pronounce because it's yes. clearly uh, Irish. I believe it's Irish, right? Yeah, she but says she's Irish. I just think it was a good way to explain to the reader quickly how it was said without being like, it's pronounced this. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, Maddie guesses at the pronunciation and it's written out in a phonetic way. Anyway, I just thought that was a nice, nice, easy way to do that. Skillful. Yep. Um, all right, Chris, let's let's move on to things that you thought were I, good. There's one more point I want to make here is that I was surprised that the KFC-ness only came in at the last second when it's revealed that Harland is, you know, the inheritor Colonel. to current the Colonel Empire here. 
and like obviously, so at the start of every chapter, there's like a little kernel-y bolo tie at the top, which is like cute and like I guess the, the little bit of KFCness you're getting here. I just accidentally read one of your later notes. <laughs> Get ready. Um, and so, like in like Harlan's description, he's clearly the colonel, that kind of thing. But you could have literally slotted any fast food mascot in here and it would have worked exactly the same. Oh my God, maybe she's going to write, maybe she's going to do that. Maybe she's going to be like, hey, McDonald's, you want Ronald to have a wild time on the high seas? I just did this shit for KFC. It yeah. worked real well for them. But I was like fully expecting lines that were like their love for each other worked with the lubricating magic of the fry oil the colonel <laughs> used in his delicious chicken or like his hunger for their sh for the his hunger for her flared stronger than when he smelled the secret herbs and spices of his secret family recipe. But we get none of that. And I can't tell if I'm disappointed by that. Oh, or not. I, think, I feel like it's really clever about how she kind of hides the Kentuckiness, you know, in the colonel until the very end and it's not really a part of the story but you know i could go either way like i think uh miss kovach's version is clever but yeah. i think yours is more overtly funny which is also fine if they yeah, wanted like, to do that i kind of wanted a little a couple cheeky references to kfc and i guess paris while we're on the subject of miss kovach being a good author perhaps we can pitch some ideas to her <laughs> oh my god miss kovach Ms. Kovach, please make one of these real. I was please. I was thinking, like, you know, if this works so well, we could probably do this with, like, other fast food franchises. <laughs> oh, my God, Chris. So I just have a couple of things to pitch here that I thought might work. So, like, how about, like, if Wendy from Wendy's is some kind of businesswoman making it in a man's world, kind of, you know, she's starting up her own restaurant thing and people, there's some feminism for you. Oh, right yeah, there. yeah, some ca some fucking capitalist girl boss feminist. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, yes. no. I like mean, a little mini series or something. Kind of like at the beginning of um, Virus of Desire, where the, the main character <laughs> oh, yeah. is supposed to be a businesswoman in a man's yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah, Wendy's. Uh, the, right. You know, that that's just <clears throat> one. How about, okay, hear me out. Officer Ronald McDonald must solve the string of burger thefts while somehow also tracking down a possibly related series of clown murders to clear his own name. Oh. Uh huh. <laughs> so you see? Oh wow! You got like the you got like you got all your stuff here for like a good episode of SVU. You got like the grimace the su is the suspect at the start, which is the fake out, right? So he's just got yep. to get interviewed by the officers. Um, you've Wait, got is, the that, fry is this guys. clown on clown murder? Like no, so it's like Ronald is a clown. Yeah, he's like a clown cop, but there's like some kind of like murder uh, serial killer going around with like clown-based methods or something. Oh, okay. And people are suspecting him, but like mm. they can't be sure, so he has to clear his own name while also solving the burger theft ring that is occurring. All right, and of course the romance comes in because wait, who's Ronald's girlfriend? Has Ronald ever had I don't think. I don't think. I think he's asexual. It, they don't it, have to be romances. Is it grimace? No, I don't think that's it. Wasn't there some kind of like bird lady in the McDonald's wait, thing? Wait, wait, how does what does he have to solve for burger thefts? There's the 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 burg the burg burglar. Yeah, so it, the that's the fake out. Like you think it's the hamburglar the uh, whole time, but then it's really I don't know, uh, fucking someone else. <laughs> I, need, I, need to, I need to see if your theory about uh, McDonald's. Mascots. I, I all right. McDonald's it's, characters. Thanks, fandom yeah, there's, wiki. There's, Who there's fucking like, did this? Who's got a McDonald's fandom out there? There's like this weird like beaky bird lady. Yeah, She's got like right. pigtails right. or something. Uh, hang on, hang on. Um, 
don't know what she like. Birdie, represent. the early bird. Okay, there's your chicken right there. It's Bur- Birdie's the one stealing all the burgers because she wants chicken sandwich supremacy the whole time. Chris, I love how we're both like. Wait, wasn't there a bird? Yeah, I think it was. I don't know what her name was, though. I think she was a bird, and it's Birdie the bird. Oh, yeah, they didn't really oh, fucking fuck. throw the ball that far in oh, terms of creativity. Uh, oh, Mayor McCheese. Um, oh, yeah. See, he's the murderer. See, that's the thing. Him uh, and Birdie are in on it together. Oh, but there's Officer Big Mac. Well, he's, uh, he's just Ronald McDonald's, like, you know, he's got the scene where he's like, you're a loose cannon, Ronald. You're, <laughs> Give me Captain. your badge and, and your fry cook apron. You're gonna you're gonna have to give me your cheese and your tomato. <laughs> okay. Oh god, I got a there's more. all sorts. I got a couple of, more. You ready? All wait, trash cans. Tw- talking twin trash cans in 1970 through 1985. Okay, now you're just ripping off Sesame Street. <laughs> oh, now you're just. Yeah. Um. What the fuck was the trash cans for in a <laughs> McDonald's advertising? <laughs> Maybe the Just food acknowledging what kind of food it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, this is where we live. Yeah. Your price. We're in the trash. Uh, this is where you'll die, too, if you keep eating this. <laughs> okay, Jesus anyway. All right, we, I got a couple more. Now that we're drowning in fucking McDonald's mascots fandom. All right, I uh, think this one writes it. Self Paris, the Five Guys polyamorous romance novel. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we got to get some queer representation in here sometimes, right. and th- there you have it. I, you know, maybe they're all some sort of anthropomorphized burger ingredient. All five of the guys. Oh yeah, like okay, yeah. We bunny got, like, the bun. Like, you got like bad Brad Sharp the cheese. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, bun, Buddy the Buddy Bun, Buddy Bun. Yeah. I don't know. Like Bunny is his name, but Bun is his nickname. Kind oh of yeah, a thing. yep. Um, and then we've got um. Brad uh, beef or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Brad beef and uh, all right. What else we got? Lettuce, lettuce and tomato. Tom Ato. Tom Ato. Yes, <laughs> Tom Ato. Um, and then uh, mm, condiment. Wow, Chris, you are just fucking knocking it, knocking I it know. right out of the Call McDonald's. Call me up, Miss Kovac. We could be a fucking power squad here. <laughs> Um, oh, I All also right. really like your final idea. Here's my final one. This is the, it was to be an epic, you know, multi-volume fantasy series about the Burger King kingdom with various houses fighting to have it their way. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Featuring flame-grilling dragons. Oh, yes. <laughs> I fucking want this. So someone make this, please. The Burger got- Kingdom. You've got like house chicken for the chicken sandwiches. Oh and, like, my house, god! House right. beef. <laughs> house chick. Wait, fuck. We hang on. We gotta figure this out. There's like house cluck. Yeah, house cluck. There's house green for the weird side salads. No one really likes them. Yeah. Um. Oh fuck, Chris, this is so good. Someone house make, tater. House tater. Tater and cluck. <laughs> oh my god! And then they have to band green. together. Oh my god, this is fucking brilliant! Miss Kovac, wait, who, please who's the fucking fan- write this. Who's the villain in this? Fan- the hunger. It's just like the the concept of hunger is like mm. overtake, like famine is overtaking the land. You know, that's that's not bad. It could be famine. Um, yeah. All right, Chris, I think <laughs> I, just, I've done it. I think you I've, just I've, wrote an HBO award-winning series that will actually see its end because you're not George R. R. Martin. 
You'll they, live well, they finished, to write the end. Paris, they finished that show. Did you erase that from your memory? <laughs> uh, yes, moving on. Let's talk about <laughs> things that were not good about the uh, Colonel Sanders novella here. <clears throat> All right, so we had, we had actually had a lot of good things to say about um, aspects of the nov- novella. A- aspects of the short story <laughs> were good. Uh, there were a couple of things that were not good, of course. Uh, Chris already talked about how the... Even some of the good things in the book were pretty surface level, but I think I think a lot of that can be explained away due to the brevity of the form here. Uh, there, there's like right at the beginning, though, <clears throat> it, it never tells you exactly what town they're in. And and you kind of piece together quickly that they're in England. And uh, Madeline refers to the town she lives in as the Tawn. Like, like italicized om- all the time? Yeah, almost like they live in like... Hamilton or something and it's called the tin or something for short so they never actually give a name to the town which is fine but it was kind of a weird like I, I, I get, understood like, it but I'm it in is the a bit ton of, here <clears throat> yeah like, like I get it because you know it's it's a city named it's Clinton or Hamilton or something and they just call it the ton it's kind of like how people call Waltham the ham sometimes yeah. you know uh and I and I get it but it was it was a little awkward Why is it italicized um, I think just to emphasize that it's not it that's like a nickname and not the okay. full name. All right, sure. So honestly, my biggest problem is the cover. It's like the person who drew the cover didn't know anything about the content of the book, which is very possible. So you have this you have this cover that doesn't actually depict either of the main characters. <laughs> so although Harlan has light-colored hair and glasses, he's not old and chubby and he doesn't have white hair he's very handsome he's written as very handsome and young or you know young middle-aged and on the cover he's kind of the the you know the typical elderly colonel sanders which is not as he's written in the book elderly men can be handsome paris that's true but the book specifically points out that he is not elderly so yes um Secondly, the book features a chicken wing, which we don't see anywhere in the book. And third, and perhaps most importantly, the woman depicted on the cover of the book looks nothing like the protagonist as written inside the book. So the woman on the cover has like straight shoulder length red hair. And Madeline in the book has long, curly brown hair. So not even close. <laughs> so this is neither... Harlan's womanizing days when he was having an affair with Wendy of Wendy's. Oh, fuck. You're right. Somebody somebody didn't get the memo. Yeah. So literally, I think this is just a function of this book being commissioned by a corporate entity and not really caring that the cover and the content match. But it is a little disappointing given the content is a lot better than you expect. There was a weird repetition of the idea of, quote, sinking into the floor or melting and disappearing when Madeline was embarrassed. That happened like two times in quick succession and then again a third time. And in such a short work, it was it was a little noticeable, you know, that that idea was kind of repeated so much. Um, And like uh, sort of what Chris was saying earlier about how shallow some of this is, even if it's. You know, we've obviously got a lot of cliches going on here. We have, you know, the woman who abandons a sham wedding only to stumble into real love immediately after that. 
Her true love is, of course, extremely tall, handsome, and kind of dangerous as a sailor. Uh, the main character is beautiful, th thin, and a white woman in England. You know, we're working with a lot of tropes and a lot of shitty cliches. And I acknowledge that. I totally do. And that that is a bit of a bummer. But again, uh, I'm still impressed with what it managed to do despite the trappings of those cliches. Um, I will also interject and say that a lot of, you know, for all the praise we gave it for, you know, Madeline not wanting to be in a marriage because what's a walk or he looks like a vanilla biscuit. Mm -hmm. Still, the thing with Harlan is like, oh, he's just so handsome. Let's get married. Yeah. And she kind of just has a feeling that he's the one and that she's in love, which, yeah, is is a little bit of a bummer. Right. She doesn't yeah. actually end up stick kind of sticking to her ideals. Um, and, and honestly, part of me feels like. That's okay. Your ideals can change over time. Yeah, and like but at least she, she doesn't had... really get a lot of time to really develop as. Yeah, <laughs> and at least she had the feeling. Whereas the point with uh, Duke Lewis was that there was no nothing was felt at all. Yeah. So you know, not not without some problems. Um, also, I was a little confused at the end about how Harlan knew to go to the cliffs to find Madeline. She never, as far as we know, she never talked to him about the cliffs and like why would he know to go there to find her i think that was just nah, dramatic yeah. romance yeah, it's just, book. we like, gotta wrap this up <laughs> well i think and i think it was probably done kind of tongue-in-cheek like doesn't every fucking victorian or older like old-timey romance book have like a scene with people on the cliffs and the wind whipping and the woman's upset and the guy comes and it's just a very i mean i feel like this book is very self-aware that it is yes living in those cliches exactly um and yeah it's it's just a really dramatic ending but you know it kind of ties up all the ends you don't you're not left wondering about anything at least i wasn't i felt not like there's i mean there's not much to like really wrap up here except i will say i brought this point up to you before we started recording but like there was liam the cook character who was like it kept talking about liam's not a great cook he did you know he's just kind of trying to make ends meet cook whatever he can and here, and I was fully waiting for like the scene where Harlan goes in and teaches him how to make a bomb ass piece of fried chicken or something. <laughs> that would have been actually really funny. And if like Har that is what like <laughs> endears Madeline to Harlan is because like oh he's like working with this young man and he's like yeah. mentoring him and I can see his personality shine through like that. Throw that in there. That would have made it this like a ten out of ten. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a good idea. That yeah, totally. <clears throat> you know, I guess if uh. <clears throat> If they go for like, I don't know, tender, tenderer wings, of <laughs> desire further tender, more tenderer further <laughs> wings of the tender thighs of oh, desire. That's I hope. the X-rated one. That's the <clears throat> yeah. One that gets little... <laughs> oh yeah, that's the. <clears throat> and then just the full porno tender breasts of desire. Ah uh, yes, there you go. We've we've come full circle back to tender the chicken. tits of desire. <laughs> Oh no, no. Uh, you know, all right, so let's let's move to can we fix it? I gotta say, like I, I, this is a short story rather than a true book. It's full of a lot of cliches, but they're they're extremely well done for a fucking capitalist yeah. fried chicken marketing gag. Like yeah. honestly, there's yeah. little to fix here, and yeah. I cannot believe these words yeah. are coming out of my you know, mouth. Yeah, like Throw in the little teaching Liam how to make good ass fried chicken scene, maybe like one or two KFC fry oil jokes or something, and I, this would have been ten out of ten for me. Yeah, right I don't now know. it's like nine out of ten. 
yeah, I, I am really, and I'm wondering if maybe I'm so fond of this because it was so short. Um, and we had just come off of reading that twilight book that was nearly 700 pages and then like a 230 page kid's story. Maybe it was just a real nice treat for me. Um, but like still, but like still it is exactly as you said, knows what it is, gets in and out, does the job and we're, it's done. Yeah. I gotta say, Catherine fucking keep doing this. Please write, please write burger kingdom for Chris. (laughs) Yes. Hunger Kingdom, maybe. I don't know. Whatever we want to call it. Please, please have this happen. It's beautiful. Uh, anyway, yeah, props to you. Um, I yeah, I was just really impressed with this uh, for what I was expecting. You know, my bar was set into the earth. You know, yes. it was. Me too. <laughs> I was not. I was not ready I was to like ready, anything. You know, right on like, oh, I'm going to have so many gags and, yeah. and jokes and stuff. But no, <laughs> I I had to come up with my own material that is aside from the content of the book. Yeah. I mean, it's not, again, it's not like, it's not like I'd say, hey, if you write this same thing, it would also be awesome because there's so much context around like why this is good because it's this bizarre capitalist marketing gag, but has all these kind of sort of, I don't know, better content than you'd expect. So I'm, I'm not sitting here saying write a, 40 page romance novel about a woman yeah, if, running away if from this marriage, was a, <laughs> If know? this was an aside, you know, completely unrelated to any sort of marketing ploy, just random 40 page short story that happens to have some kind of fried chicken kernel in it, I would have been like, this is kind of stupid. But like, still for what it is, it would have been like, I would be like, oh, I'm thankful that it's this short. It's a well, good first shot. Well, and it was edited well. And like, it yes. flowed and it was easy to read and. You know, yeah. I don't know. I gotta say, okay. way more merits than than I ever would have expected. Um, Agreed. Anyway, um, I guess if you're looking to kill approximately forty minutes of your life, read this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or you know, it's not really offering anything new. So like, no, but. Uh, maybe if you're into marketing and communications, it might be sure. worth a study. It's a, it's a good um, study on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Anyhow, I, I don't think I have anything else to say. No. Um, no. Yeah. Just like this book, we're in and out, Paris. Yeah. Uh, all right. <clears throat> well, thank you, patrons, for joining us for this very weird episode. Uh, thank you to Dari, Greg, Veronica, Will, D, Jared, Lynn, Sinya. Yakub, Bobby Black Cat, Jensina, Mayo Cat, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Jay, Scott, Luchek, CTAP1, Miri, Yanka, Robert Allen Cook III, David, Julius, and Anya. If you want to help support the show as well, you can become a patron yourself, um, or you can subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Goodreads, uh, share the show, or tell a friend about it. Um, and lastly, you could just write us a review if you feel so inclined. If you want to reach out to us personally, you can send us an email at terriblebookclub at gmail.com or you can send a message to us on Patreon, Goodreads, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. All right. Well, Paris, um, off we go into the crispy fried sunset. Um, to <laughs> We'll come back eventually with, with more finger-licking-good uh, podcast episode ear- uh, touching great 
Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> don't touch my ears. Don't touch <laughs> patrons' ears or listeners' ears. God. Well, I'm yeah. I'm not. I'm not touching. It's like what? my. I'm. My what? voice is vibrating. Oh, now Paris is a chicken. I better. I better go, guys. Bye, chicken Paris.